welcome to episode 102 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about an awesome fossil discovery, and I talk about some rescue dogs that survived a plane crash. We learn about two new feathered picks, and about our adorable animal of the week. So let's get to it. Episode 102 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. to episode 102 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of super fun animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last time? It's the World Cup! Yay, soccer! Slash football. Thank you. That's not American. (laughs) Un-American football. Yeah. (laughs) So, it started yesterday. Okay. The opening match was not very exciting between Qatar and Ecuador. Okay. Um... But today, I was actually invested. All right. <laughs> because at 8 o'clock was between Netherlands and Senegal. And then it was U.S. against um, Wales. Oh, okay. And it's been mixed so far because Netherlands won 2-0. Okay. Um, but we t- the U.S. tied. And I was so upset because like, it was on a penalty kick. And I hate it when that happens. Oh, sad times. Yes. Well, if they hadn't penalized each other, then they wouldn't have had to have a, yeah. the other team have gotten I was a penalty p- kick. Me and my, me, the fans in the stadium, my <laughs> sister were getting pissed off because they were making the refs just making bad calls, oh, like sucks. inconsistent. Like this is a yellow card, but that isn't, even though he didn't go after the ball at all. <laughs> so the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So do they send like the their best team? Like so, if it was football, football, mm-hmm. American football. So would they send? I don't know who won the. Super Bowl, who cares? Anyway, oh, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Just no. Baseball is what was happening. Who gives a shit? Anyway, um, so let's say whoever wins the Super Bowl, is that the team that goes and plays, or is it like a mix of the, the best players? So, like Olympic style. Yeah, it's like Olympic style. You okay. pick from their, your nation's roster of players, and then there's um, different federations, like for United States, where in CONCACAF, that's like North America, the Caribbean, then there's the so sea. it's like regional and then they yeah okay and then they get the, they have their own qualifiers and those that make through the qualifications go to the world cup so this is like a best in show <laughs> so like basically we're like the like golden retrievers <laughs> in this section this hemisphere or whatever yeah and then the golden retriever goes into whatever group the golden retrievers in. i don't know probably foundation yeah. stock i feel like everything's in foundation stock these days anyway okay yeah so that's kind of how it works but mm-hmm. it's a mix of people yeah okay which seems interesting because mm-hmm. they're probably not people who are used to playing with each other. So, mm-hmm. okay. I know nothing about it. Couldn't name a single player. Don't know what to tell you. Just say Christian Felicity and you'll seem like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that right. I'm trying. I've even watched Welcome to Wrexham and because mm-hmm. I love Ryan Reynolds so much. Um, I've loved him since Two Guys a Girl in Pizza Place. And I'm just so happy he's doing good things. Anyway, <laughs> he also seems like a genuinely good person. But yep. anyway, moving on. Um... You would think I'd remember any of those players' names. I don't. <laughs> but they're also, like, what, the bottom league or whatever? So, yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyway, all of that is so complicated. Yeah. Anywho. All right, yeah. well, that's exciting, sort of. So, who who are generally the better teams? 
Uh, some of the Latin American countries like Brazil's okay. usually ranked among top five in the world. I think right now they're ranked number one. Then several European countries like the Dutch, mm-hmm. um, France, um, Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, English are just not very good. Apparently. No, English is high up there, but we don't talk about them. Oh, okay. <laughs> they play today too, but I didn't watch because A, it was at 5 a.m. I wasn't getting oh, up that no way. early for some Brits. <laughs> wow. So much hostility. Yeah, but they went against Iran and won 6-2. Okay, well, that's good. Anyway, all right. Well, that's exciting, I guess, sort of. It I just is. don't think I'd be into it enough. It is literally the only sport I watch. I don't watch any of them. I am like mildly interested in a few. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now that I, to be fair, now that I've watched Ted Lasso and Welcome to Wrexham, I'm into it a little more. Like I could sit, I don't know if I'd want to watch a mm-hmm. whole soccer game though. I don't think I could do it. But baseball is the worst. I just can't do it. Oh, We've baseball. Watching, watching oh. golf is the worst. <laughs> Playing golf is fun. Watching it is horrible. I don't think either is fun. No, it is fun. No. I like it. It is oh, fun. Cool. Yeah. Especially driving. But it was funny that you mentioned that because um, one time I was over at my friend's and we were just hanging out and then um, because it, back, it was the Gold Cup, which is CONCACAF's um, tournament. Um, and so I had that playing while we were there and she like, after I left, she just let it keep on running and she was watching. Soccer. I mean, sometimes like Thanksgiving stuff, yeah. like the game's on, I'm like, I guess I'll like watch it, but mm-hmm. like I'm not invested. I don't really yeah. care. When my family gets together, it's usually basketball or football. Too. Basketball is the best. No. Basketball is, ab- yes, it is. Basketball is a hundred percent the best. No. Basketball's the best. Soccer's the best. No. Yes. Basketball is far more entertaining to watch. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> and football's okay. No. Football's okay. I've never actually really watched hockey on TV. I watched my friend's game when I was in high school. I like hockey. Hmm. I just want to play hockey, yeah. but I can't skate. I'll fall over. I will say out of the sports I don't watch, basketball's the best. Basketball just is the best. It's just no, I it's like not. I like playing it. I like watching it. It's just the best game. No. Yes. Anyway. It comes second, but it's not the best. I still have never seen a professional sporting event in my life, and I really wanted Like to... in person? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have been to a basketball game. No. And I really want to go see a basketball game, like a Lakers game. Mm-hmm. But since Kobe died, uh-huh. I'm just like, oh, because I remember when it was like Kobe and who was Shaq still there? Who was there? It was like three guys who were mm-hmm. amazing. I was like, dang, I want to go see these. Yeah. That game. I want to go see that. My sister also recently, she went to a baseball game. Not recently. It's months back. Boring. She doesn't watch it like on TV. But it's like she likes the vibe of sitting there and watching. <laughs> and I, I love my sister because she's like, of course, being funny. And it's like, I hope they score a touchdown. <laughs> I feel like that's how, like, going to football games in high school was. Like, you didn't watch the game. It was just a social thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it was. But I'd rather do that with yeah. football than with baseball. Because I don't yeah. really care that much about football. So, I'm like, I can sometimes pay attention yeah. to this and then turn also, around and talk to my friends. Just my, one of my favorite things about the American fans yeah. during the World Cup or any international competition is there's always a guy in the stands yeah. dressed up as an eagle. Gotta have it. Yes. Gotta have and it. when they cup, the World Cup's going to be in... Host by U.S., Canada, and Mexico in 2026. I will be that eagle. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to go crazy. Where is it going to be? I don't know. What if it's in, like, Milwaukee? Are you going to fly to Milwaukee? I'll find a way. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. 
<sighs> I mean, California is the best state, mm-hmm. so like everything should be here, but also I don't want yeah. traffic. So anyway. You know, when it was the most recent Gold Cup, it was actually in Arizona. Oh, God. <laughs> I did not equate Arizona with soccer. <laughs> I know. I mean, well, L.A. has a team. Who mm-hmm. else even has a team? Every state. Really? Pretty Most do. Several do. I just do not equate Arizona mm-hmm. with soccer at all. Yeah. I don't know who I necessarily do, but, like, not Arizona. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All yeah. right. Well, moving along. <laughs> all right. So the World Cup is happening. We'll yeah. see. How long does that go? Like, I feel like forever? <laughs> not forever. A month-ish. That's a long time. It's longer than the Olympics. No, it's not. I don't think so. The Olympics is two weeks. I can't remember. I can check real quick. And the Olympics is many, 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 many sports. I have no perspective of time. I guess not. Anyway. All right. I know it was because it's in Qatar, and it shouldn't be because it's like a 1,000 degrees over there. They actually started it now in the fall, oh. and it's normally the summer. Ugh, gross. Because you could not have it there in how the f- would there? How do their summer. people survive trying to play normally, just their year-round stuff? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Anyway. All right. Well, um, I have no segue for this other than you mentioned it. And then when I was looking for stories, I stumbled upon this and I was like, oh, my God, this is what Casey was talking about. So I don't remember if it was last time or the time before, but we were talking when I talked about lions escaping and Casey brought up a um, cobra named Houdini, which is inappropriate and not okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, but then I found an article about him and I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so here we go. So a deadly king cobra returns to Swedish zoo home after a week-long escape. Horrifying. Anyway, okay. So in Helsinki, a venomous seven-foot... So he's not that big for a king cobra. (laughs) A seven-foot king cobra uh, that escaped from its home in a Swedish zoo has returned back home by itself, bringing a happy ending to over-week-long disappearance saga. Houdini, as we named him, has crawled back into his terrarium, CEO Jonas Wallstrom of Skansen Aquarium told the Swedish public broadcaster okay, I checked the... What? Sorry. Um, it's supposed to end December 18th. That is almost, that is a month. Woo! Ridiculous. I was right! Ridiculous. Anyway, back to Houdini, who's more important than this World Cup BS of it taking so long. Anyway. You take um, that back. <laughs> nope. So the Swedish broadcaster SVT on Sunday uh, that they spoke to. Anyway. So the deadly snake, whose official name is Sir Voss, meaning Sir Hiss. Oh, it got better. I loved it. Anyway, he escaped on October 22nd via a light fixture in the ceiling of his class enclosure at the aquarium, uh, part of the zoo at the Skansen Open Air Museum and Park on Stockholm's. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Jura Garden, I'm going to say that, island, as a result of an intensive search with x-ray machines, okay, Houdini was located earlier this week in a confined space near the terrarium in the insulation between two walls. Anyway, they go on to say, like, you know, how he got there. Um, so I guess they've been doing construction and stuff, and then he got stressed out, so he found holes in the walls, and he wanted to escape and go into them. So anyway, they um, but they said that the snake wouldn't have survived in the cold climate it ha- if it had gotten out of the building. And of course, as we know, king cobras can king cobras can grow up to eighteen feet long, which is why I was like unacceptable that the snake is loose. <sighs> um. So anyway, there you go. But yes, yeah, so that's Houdini, and also just his name is actually Sir Hiss, which is amazing <laughs> for those Robin Hood fans out there. 
but also Sir Voss is kind of better. Yeah. <laughs> and then Houdini, because he shouldn't be escaping. They did not mention multiple escapes, though. They only mentioned this one escape. Mm. So one escape I will give them. But if a King Cobra escapes more than once, no. Unacceptable. Mm. It's really not acceptable that it escapes once at all. But anyway, so I found that as I was looking for stories, and I just I couldn't help myself because Casey had mentioned that. And uh, <laughs> I just love that his name was uh, Sir Hiss. Sir Voss. Anyway, so that's that. We should get into what we wanted to talk about today. So, Casey, what story do you have? Um, they discovered a fossil turtle in Spain. Okay. All right. So, this fossil was dated back to about 83 million years ago. Oh, God. Stupid Reuters. <laughs> it, it Website, whenever I'm on here, acts weird. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, it... And they discovered one of the largest turtles on record, and it was about the size of a small car. A Mini Cooper, to be precise. Oh my gosh, that's a big turtle. Yes. To be fair, leatherbacks are quite large. Yes. But not many. Well, Cooper this dwarfs the leatherback. Yes. <laughs> so the species was named Leviathan Nocellus Enigmatica. Okay. And they measured about 12 feet long. Oh gosh. Yes. Oh. And weighed a little under two tons. And so they lived during the around the Cretaceous period near the end of the dinosaurs, and it was Europe's largest known turtle species. Okay. And it was nearly nearly matches the largest turtle on record, which is Archelon, which lived around 70 million years ago and reached about 15 feet long. That's a giant. Yes. That's, that's bigger than this room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy crap. I know! This is 14 feet. Damn! But, well, this the door. Yeah. It's 14 feet. Horrifying. <laughs> That's awesome. Horrifying. Yeah, that was actually a trend in um, turtles near the Cretaceous period. A lot of them showed um, gigantism getting to enormous sizes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And uh, one potential hypothesis as to why was because of predators. Because most of the marine predators around then were sharks and mosasaurs, which were giant marine reptiles that could get to be about 50 feet long. I'm horrified of something eating something that's bigger than this room. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not great at all. Yes, it's awesome. Ugh. Um. Also, let's see. I remember I marked it in here where it was found because you'll get... Um, yeah, so Leviathan Kellis remains were near a village of Col del Nargo in Catalonia's Urgel County. Um, and the fossils were found protruding were spotted by a hiker in the southern Pyrenees Mountains. Everything's in the Pyrenees! I know! Wow! <laughs> Yes, and one of the more interesting things I found is they found these um, bulging structures on their pelvis. So far, they haven't found a skull, or, a, but they have found the carapace and um, I think a bit of tail. Um, but based on the... Is the carapace basically like the ribcage that's the shell or It's what? the top shell. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. And basically by looking at the pelvis of the animal, they notice these two bulges on it that are not found in other turtles. So it's a, another lineage of smooth-shelled sheet turtles. Oh, weird. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, just finding that when you're hiking in the mountains? That's just weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm always afraid of, like, hiking and walking your dog. That's how people always discover mm-hmm. dead bodies, I feel like. Yeah. But not so much fossils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And based on looking at the shell, it was very had a very smooth cell 
shell, so it was an open ocean um, species of sea turtle. I would hope so if it's that big. <laughs> it's going to be a lake? It's going to take up the whole lake. Well, there actually were um, some, because North America during the Cretaceous, because the melted ice caps, there was this intercontinental seaway that just went through the continent, and in there, there were some giant turtles as well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. I just can't get over the fact that it's bigger. I keep looking at the wall. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is bigger than this room. Yes. That's nuts. And horrifying. It's awesome. How big was his mouth? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> it could eat me. Yes. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yep. That's crazy. But it's a turtle, so it's cool because mm-hmm. turtles are automatically cool. Yes, they are. All right. So I have a happy, a bad but happy story. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the headline is 53 dogs that survived a plane crash are now up for adoption. So a plane flying from New Orleans to Wisconsin crashed Tuesday morning just outside Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That's where I said the World Cup would be. How fun. Anyway, sorry. Um, and it the were Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> In it were 53 rescue dogs. The twin-engined uh, turboprop airplane crashed onto the green of the Western Lake Golf Club in Pewaukee? Sure, Wisconsin. Just makes me think of Pawnee looking at that. Anyway, <laughs> Parks and Rec, what? Uh, just west of the city, sorry. It was a catastrophic landing that severed the plane's wings. Ooh, Matthew Hader, I'm going to say. H-A-E-R-T-E-R. Assistant Chief at Lake County Fire and Rescue said in a press conference on Tuesday. They came to rest several hundred feet after where they originally tried to place the aircraft, he said. All three people and 53 dogs on the plane survived, though the three people and some pups suffered minor injuries. Staff veterinarians sent 21 of the dogs to Humane Animal Welfare Society for further treatment and the rest to other shelters in the area, according to the Washington Post. So anyway, I mean, that's basically the gist of it. <laughs> a plane crashed with a bunch of people, and luckily the people and the dogs all escaped horrid injury, and now they're up for adoption. So go adopt a doggie that, first of all, had a rough start at life. A rough start at life, haha. Oh, my and then, <clears throat> And then, even after its rough start in life, survived a plane crash. <laughs> These poor dogs <sighs> having a rough time. They're not going to want to fly or go cars, probably. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, so they're going to be up for adoption. Um. So I'm just trying to see if they say where they're going to be up for adoption. But you can go look at it if you're in that place. Milwaukee. What is that? Wisconsin? In Wisconsin. If you're in Wisconsin, you can go. I'm sure it's been on the news there. I can't imagine it hasn't been all over the news and posted everywhere. So anyway, so there you go. But um, they do these transports fairly regularly. But, you know, it all is crazy. So Anywho, and then a bunch of jet fuel spilled onto the golf course, which would make Casey happy because he hates golf courses. Um, but anyway, so who knows how <laughs> how long it took them to clean that up. But anyway, so there we go. That is the story of 53 doggies surviving a plane crash. So good job, I guess, on the pilot for landing it where the wings severed, but still it didn't kill anyone. <laughs> those poor puppies i'm still like they must have been so scared mm-hmm. any who's okay so but the good news is they're all alive so yay and only minor injuries Woo. so that's gonna bring us into our picks category and speaking of things that fly <laughs> i'm so good i chose um mostly okay i'll say my i'll say my category and say why i specified it this time uh, this time it's the european perching or songbird because apparently passerformes, which is how I described, decided if they were songbirds in America, 
is for the perching birds versus songbirds specifically. So I don't know if perching birds and songbirds are the same or if just songbirds make up perching birds, whatever. Technically, I think like all birds perch, but like, <laughs> except for seabirds, I guess, but like whatever. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. So the category is European perching bird or songbird. Basically in the order. Fine. Passeriformes? Passeriformes is how I would say that, but sure. Passeriformes. As long as you spell it right. (laughs) Okay. Well, great. Which I'm not sure if you did. (laughs) I did it, and then it says it's not, and then I changed it back. I think it's wrong. Google Docs used to be good with this, but now with a lot of scientific terms I put in, it highlights as incorrect. Yeah, no, I think this is right, because I think I looked at it. But anyway, so um, so that is the category. In case you... Who did you? Oh, I'm happy you chose that one. I was looking at that one. <laughs> tell us who your pick is. I went with the Eurasian magpie. And tell us about them. Yes. So their scientific name is Pika Pika. Adorable. Pikachu. Is it P-I-K-A? <laughs> no, P-I-C-A. That's still good. Yep. P- you have had so many Tottenhams? Yes. Yay! I think your last pick was a top ten was. too, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, or at least one of your last two was. I Something think recent was. The last was. two, I think, were both top Amazing. ten. Amazing. <laughs> okay, continue. Sorry. So this species is a common species found throughout all of Europe and most of Asia as well. With such a large geographic range, this species can be found in a variety of habitats like forests, shrublands, grasslands, and more rocky habitats like mountains. And they are also a common species found in more urbanized areas as well. Um, this species has been known to live into their 20s. They are roughly the size of a crow. About They have about 44 to 46 centimeters long with a 52 to 60 centimeter wingspan. And weigh around 200, 250 grams. Yeah, about a crow. <laughs> they are an omnivorous bird species and feed on a large variety of food items such as acorns, grains, and other vegetable matter. But will also feed on other animals like insects, young birds, and eggs, and will even scavenge off of carcasses. They are a monogamous species of bird and will remain together for life and usually only go find a new partner when their mate has passed. During the breeding season, they will make large bulky nests in tall trees that are composed of sticks that they cement together using dirt and clay. And they include a loosely built dome with a concealed entrance to prevent predators from entering when the parents are away. Okay. I, I guess we haven't talked about that many birds with domes, but yep. I guess that's not that crazy. I can mm-hmm. agree with that. picture that. And when they have chicks and they bring back food for them, they will then cut it up to the right proportions to feed their offspring. The Eurasian magpie is a member of the Corvidae family, which is the same group that includes crows and ravens. And just like their relatives, magpies are incredibly intelligent. Um, birds don't have a prefrontal cortex technically like mammals do, but instead it have a structure called the nidopallium, which performs essentially the same functions for critical thinking. And relative to body size, their brains are the same size of those of chips. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They have been demonstrated to use tools um, sometimes in captivity. They will use things like sticks to clean debris out of their own cages. They are also capable of mimicking human speech. There is actually one at the San Diego Zoo that I have seen that will sometimes say hi or hello to visitors. And so I can be stuck over there for like 15 minutes with my mom trying to get it to say hi. Where is that one? Um, He used to be over by Elephant Odyssey, but now I think they moved him over towards um, where the polar bears are. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, next time I go, I'll have to look for him. Yep. 
and in the wild they are very social birds that will form gangs and will even cooperate to hunt other birds or to scare off potential predators. One interesting fact about the Eurasian magpie is it is one of the few non-mammalian species that has been demonstrated uh, to have mirror self-recognition. Which essentially means when they look at a mirror, they are able to understand that they are looking at a reflection of their own image oh. and not at another bird. Oh, that's better than most dogs. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, the Eurasian magpie is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List, and their populations are currently stable. As a particularly common species, they are not under any serious threats at the moment. They're so pretty. Yes, they are. I like them. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. I'm happy you chose that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I went with um, the Eurasian blue tit because it's cute, but also the name is ridiculous. And I don't think we've talked about any tits. That's just a weird nope. sentence. We haven't talked but about we tits keep, yet. <laughs> we keep having them on cups, I feel like. We get a lot of, like, weird bird tit yeah. things. And, you know, and now we're going to talk about a tit finally. Mm-hmm. So there you go, a blue tit specifically. All right, so the Eurasian blue tit, it's a um, scientific name is uh, Cyanistus. I'm going to go with Ceruleus. That's what I'm saying. All right, there we go. The bird has a pretty large geographic range and is found throughout Europe, through um, two parts of Europe and obviously parts of Europe <laughs> and some regions of the Middle East. Uh, the species prefers to live in deciduous woodlands but can be found in other habitats, even urban areas, if there are suitable nesting areas. The average life expectancy is only three years. Oh. But the oldest living uh, one lived to be about 11 years. They are a small bird species. They're only seven. What? Where am I getting that? <laughs> 12 centimeters long and with an 18 centimeter wingspan. Oh, it's so little. Yes. Oh, gosh. They're so cute. Yes, they're it's tiny It's like a birds. little, I don't even know what to say. That's like a finch, kind of. It's mm-hmm. a little bigger than a finch. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. And then they are 11 grams. They are primarily insectivores and feed on various insects and spiders, but some on occasions they will also feed on fruits, seeds, nectar, and pollen, and their diet will usually shift depending on the season and which food source becomes most available. That makes sense. So people should like them because they eat insects and spiders, right? Anyway, the blue tits. like spiders? Well, I do like spiders, but a lot of people don't like spiders. Well, they should. But they don't. <laughs> so, but they probably like tits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, most likely <laughs> most likely <laughs> anyway they're also cute anyway yes. okay so <laughs> the blue tit got its name from the fact oh please explain the name um from the fact that it has some nope just the color beautiful <laughs> blue t- plumage um and the word t- oh there we go good and the word tit is actually the shorthand for titmouse which also still makes more sense which is derived from the old english word tit and mace which essentially means a small bird okay there we go we finally got there titmouse is stupid for a bird though it sounds like it should yeah. be a mouse Ugh, anyway i hate it all right even though it is a blue tit <laughs> these birds do have some yellow coloration on their underside which is actually related to the amount of yellow green caterpillars oh that they eat sorry i read ahead and <laughs> got excited guys sorry um which, sorry it's related to the amount of yellow green caterpillars that they eat and they get this coloration because the caterpillars contain carotene pigments which are absorbed by the bird that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So they get more yellow the more of these little caterpillars they eat? Yes. Oh, it's nuts. It's okay. the same reason why if you eat an excessive amount of carrots, you turn orange. That's exciting. I want to yeah. try that sometime. <laughs> How many carrots do you have to eat to do that? A lot. Oh, man. 
Is there a health issue to that? Or yes, because oh. vitamin A is not water soluble. Okay, so all right. There so is a toxicity level maybe you have don't, to be careful of. Maybe don't do it then. Okay, but I do love carrots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. The bird is known for Raw being- Raw or cooked? Uh, well, now I have to have them steamed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Specifically steamed. But I used to eat them raw mm-hmm. or cooked. I Either prefer- way, I just like I carrots. I don't like cooked carrots. I I need to have them raw. Really? Mm-hmm. I liked, I'd have them raw. I'd have them like fresh out of the dirt, just like wash them off. <laughs> like I'd eat, because back in the boonies, that was an option. Um, well, I'm sure you could grow carrots at home. Yep. But anyway, so yeah, I'd eat them raw. And then like I like them in canned. I love them in canned. They probably have mm. a lot of salt, but they're just like, they're yeah. already cooked and they're just, oh, they're delicious. I just, I just love carrots. Okay. Carrots are just the best. Mm. Oh, anyway. Okay. They're my favorite and they have seen me through this madness. <laughs> anyway. All right. Back to this. Okay. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Caterpillars. So this bird is known for being surprisingly aerobic. What? Acrobatic. Acrobatic. I don't know why I said aerobic. Can't read. I gotta do the because this is a new computer and it's not an old person setting. Anyway, um, okay. So <laughs> the bird is uh known for being surprisingly acrobatic and has been known to hang out on the outermost branches of trees and will hang upside down while it is hunting for insects. That's amazing. They are incredibly active during the day and will ascend the trunk of a tree in short jerky hops and hang on from different parts of the tree while searching for bugs. I want to see that. That sounds adorable. Like many other songbirds, the Eurasian blue tit is a polygonous species, which means that the male will mate with multiple females during the breeding season. To attract a female, the male will perform courtship flights. Then the pair will make high-pitched vocalizations. This species has a simple nesting habit of just using a hole in a tree. (laughs) And the nest inside will usually be a cup shape made of dried grass or mosses. Incubation is done solely by the female, Meanwhile, the male will feed her during the incubation period. Once the chicks hatch, both parents will help in feeding the hatchlings. This species is not sexually dimorphic, and males and females are almost identical. But under an ultraviolet light, males are revealed to have a brighter blue crown. That's ridiculous. Under ultraviolet, there's like a slight difference. (laughs) Yep. Crazy. Okay. While they're young, oh man, sexing those must suck. Okay. While they are young, the chicks look quite similar to their parents, but have more of a sulfur yellow color. Uh, this species is not a migratory bird, bird, and they are quite social. And in their winter months, they have even been observed forming mixed flocks with great tits. Of course. Of course they did. These birds are an incredibly vocal species of songbird and will vocalize throughout the entire year. But their songs are most often heard during the late winter months and early spring. And they use these songs primarily to defend their territory. That's how I defend my territory. I sing it, people. <laughs> um, but these songs have a variety of uses. Some will sing to inform other birds about where they are located in a tree, and others will vocalize an alarm call to warn other birds huh, to warn other birds about a nearby predator. Sometimes after they use an alarm call, they will partake in a mobbing behavior and form a large group to harass and chase off a predator. Much like our European birds of prey. Yes. <laughs> um, the Eurasian blue tit is currently listed as least concern, and their population is currently on the rise. So our little little blue tits could be going after uh, a red kite, for example. Yeah. That's exciting. Blue against red. It's the Crips and the Bloods. Yeah. <laughs> European style. <laughs> European bird style. <laughs> anyway, I am happy we explained the whole tit thing. I disagree with it. I think people are crazy. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. Well, it's old English, so... I don't care. It's still crazy. Blame the Brits. <laughs> Always. Just when in doubt. Yeah. When in doubt, 
blame the Brits. I mean, to be fair, probably... They're at fault for most things. There's, there's a lot of problems started there. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to bring us to our Animal of the Week. And our Animal of the Week this week is... The Great Crested Newt. The Great Crested Newt. I did not hear about them until Casey had submitted that as a potential poll option. I was like, I like that one. Let's do that. <laughs> it was not chosen by our listener's choice. How dare you? But I chose it after they rejected it. <laughs> All right. So what? what is it? So these guys are in the order Uridello. Okay. And they're in the family Salmandridae. Okay. And their scientific name is Stratuurus cristatus. This infamy is found in most of Great Britain, as well as on most of continental Europe. These newts are found in both coniferous and deciduous forests. They live near permanent bodies of water, and that are either stagnant or semi-flowing, most often they're in ponds. They, are like, they can live from 6 to up to 15 years, and measure in about 17 centimeters long. Like other amphibians, they Sorry, are carnivorous. I, I was looking at a picture. <laughs> well, they're little. Yeah. Okay. They feed mainly on small invertebrates like earthworms, slugs, insects, and even the larvae of their own species and even other amphibians. This species is the largest of the aquatic salamanders of Europe, and it is possible that it may be so common that this species may cause a decline in breeding populations of other species like the smooth newt. Oh, no. This is just so cute. Mm -hmm. It's like a little mini alligator, kind of, sort of. Yes, and with the little crest on its back. Oh, I know. Well, the crest is... That's why it's kind of like an alligator. Yeah. And then it's got a big old tail. I like them. Yes. Sorry, continue. Can they be pets? I want one. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, dang. Most people don't. Mainly because I didn't find any pet resources. Okay. And when we... I find and talk about animals that are kept as pets. They have That's all that. That's what a lot of the first things I find. They're just really cute. Yeah. I'm shocked that you wouldn't want them as a pet unless they're really nasty. Like, People gross. probably are trying to, but... Anyway, okay. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. I got distracted. They're just really cute. I really like them. Okay. Continue on. Like other amphibians... Mm -hmm. Ignore that. Uh, these newts can actually be identified individually by looking at their bellies because sense. they are covered in black spots on an orange background on their underside. And these spot patterns are unique to each individual newt act like, and they act like a human fingerprint. This species is very sensitive to water quality and have been known to travel up to one kilometer to find the right pond to live in. Wow. So if they are present in a particular area, it's an indicator that the water quality is very good in that region. And so they can be used as an indicator species for aquatic ecosystems to determine how healthy the environment is. That's good. Mm -hmm. Would that be the same situation for a fire belly toad that we used to sell? Would they be able to tell individuals by their bellies? I don't know. I would. It's very likely, I would say. Okay. Continue on. Sorry. Sorry. These guys are also more sensitive to colder temperatures than some other species of salamander. So in the southern portion of its range, its population density is much higher. And in the northern regions, there is a lower population density. And there is also usually much more, much less than the smooth salamander, which can often outcompete this species due to its better cold tolerance. The great crested newt has an interesting courtship behavior um, displayed by the male in which the male will try to impress the female by standing on their front legs arch their back and they will wave their tail around like in some kind of dance oh that's cute <laughs> the waving of the tail will also waft pheromones to try to entice the female to mate with him if the female is impressed by his performance then she will mate with him 
Like the majority of amphibians, these guys are produced by external fertilizations. So the female will release her eggs and then the male will release his sperm to fertilize them. And like most other salamander species, the Great Crescent Newt is highly dependent on water and must lay their eggs in a body water for development or the eggs will dry out. And after mating, the female newt will lay her eggs in a small leaf for some protection, but this is the extent of parental care they provide. <laughs> An interesting aspect of this species is that the great crested newt is primarily terrestrial and spends most of its time on land, oh. but after reproducing, they will spend a considerable amount of time in water and a- after they reproduce, and sometimes they can be it for months at a time. Weird. Yep. While huh. in the tadpole stage, these newts are predators of the pond ecosystem, feeding on various prey items like insect larvae, other invertebrates, and even the tadpoles of frogs and toads. But they too can often fall prey to other animals, and one of their most common predators are great diving beetles and fish. But when they undergo metamorphosis, they can secrete toxins as adults to protect themselves from predation. The Great Crested Newt is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List, but its population is currently in decline, as is the case for the majority of Europe's amphibians. There are a number of factors contributing to the species' decline, such as poorer water quality due to pollution and development in its natural habitat. There has also been introduced fish species that prey on the newts and their larvae. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're just so cute, folks. You've got to yes. look at them. I, I think they're adorable. Well, Casey. Yes, Allie. Why do salamanders make good mediators? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because they're neutral. I dang it! <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Yes! You should have done it. Should have done it. They're always uh, obvious, Casey. They're always the animal we just talked about, either specifically I don't think, or generally. I think harder, not smarter. <laughs> that's my problem. Okay. Just overcomplicate. Keep mm-hmm. it simple, stupid. That's how, that's the saying. That's what I always remind myself. I don't like it, though. Because <laughs> you don't like the puns or what? Dude, my Twitter obviously is a disaster, everyone out there. But, like, my one punny one that I follow, they have just been landing amazing ones lately. It's been great. Anyway, I just, I'm always tempted to share it to you every single time. It's usually like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I probably shouldn't send this to Casey at two o'clock in the morning. But anyway, all right, that's going to bring us to our challenge and it's Casey's turn. So uh, who knows what's going to be. I see a timer going Yeah. for 10 minutes. I'm scared. So this is for you. Okay. Because if you remember our centennial episode. Is that the one where we did the orders? Yes. I don't like what I'm seeing in this spreadsheet right now. (laughs) Well, you, I hope you remember, said you felt like it would have been easier if it was families. It wouldn't be. Okay. It would be easier, but like it's still hard. (laughs) Yeah. So I listed a bunch of families and we're going to do the exact same thing. Okay. A few things will different. First off, it's all on you. (laughs) I have to do all of them? Yes. Oh, jeez. Um, it's gonna be a lot of passing. Yeah, so I will give you a maximum of three wrong answers because that's the most that that's there fair. is. Yeah, that's fair. That's the most wrong. Okay. For a family, that's the maximum that there was. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and I will tell you the number possible, and I'll let you know if you get them right or wrong. Oh boy. Okay, okay it's gonna be. But rough. heads up. Seven up. All but one of these are from just three orders: Carnivora, Artiodactyla. And squamata. Uh, so carnivora is obviously more mammals, and mm-hmm. then squamata is like the lizards and snakes. And who are you, mm-hmm. Is that the other one? 
That was not helpful. <laughs> the gallop? <laughs> or the ungulates? Yeah. Okay, okay. I don't know why this is not, that's not an ungulate. And I don't know why it's da-da-da-da-da-da. That's supposed to be a horse? Okay. Which isn't even in Artiodactyla. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're in, they're, it's odd toad. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. No, that's going to be bad. Okay. I'm just going to be like, get to Equidae and we're going to do it. Is this Animals of the Week or Pits? Animals of the Week. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't use Equidae. That one I know. And Suidae, too. Oh, no. The ones I picked were all picks. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. That's going to be bad. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. First one, Agamide. Agamide, I feel like, has to be one of our... We had multiple... Oh, no. But those are picks. Mm-hmm. Not the There choices. is just one Agama. Oh, no. Was it the frilled lizard? That is correct. Yay, okay. Anguiade. Oh, no. Pass. <laughs> There's a lot of these, right? There's a ton of these? Yes, okay, there are yeah, several. Okay, going to pass. Antelo Capridi. No pass. Boadie. Okay. Nope. Bovadie is what I'm thinking, not Boadie. I don't know what Boadie is. So pass? Pass. Okay. Bovadie. Okay, there we go. All right. There's two. Two that were Animals of the Week Alley not picked. That's what makes it difficult. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Aren't those usually going to be, like, goatee-type guys and cow-like things? hmm But who did we do that was an animal of the week mm-hmm. than not a pick? I can think of so many picks. <laughs> no, because that's... I don't think... Is a Saola one of those? It is. Okay. One more. Oh, boy. I'm just going to say the pronghorn. I don't think that's right, but I'm going to say the pronghorn. That is not it. Okay, but I get three bad choices? You get three incorrect choices. I don't feel like we've done any goats for our animals of the week, though. I feel like they've all been picks. (laughs) Like the chamois. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to do friggin' antelope type things. I'm going to Kirk's Dick Dick. That is it? Yay! Okay. Kennedy. Okay. There are three. Bush dog. Yep. Um, why is that not coming to my brain right now? I feel like that one wasn't in it. I'm gonna say the um dole. That is it. And one is, more. Is it gonna be the main wolf or the art wolf? I'm gonna say the main wolf. That is correct. Yay. Cordility. Nope. Don't remember. Pass. <laughs> okay. Delphinidae. I want it to be like a dolphin, and I don't think it is. But we're going to go with it, and I'm going to say that it's the Atlantic Spotted Dolphin. That's one of them. There's two. Okay, it is that type. Okay. Of the Kita? That is not it. Uh, Animal of the Week. That is like a dolphin. Amazon River Dolphin? That is not it. Oh, what? What is this mess? <laughs> The longfin pilot whale? That is it. Oh, barely got that. Okay. <laughs> Process of elimination. Yep. Okay. You plarity. What? Wait, you plar is that with an E? E U P L. Okay, I was like, we are not to you already. What? <laughs> okay. I don't remember. Pass. Okay. 
Felidae. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Blackfooted Cat. I feel like it's the only one we did. That is the only one. <laughs> okay. How have we not done more cats? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Helodermatidae. There's one. Okay, I think it's going to... I feel like it's going to be a Gila monster. That is it. Yay. Hippopotamity. Okay, well, I hope that's the pygmy hippo. It is. Families are so much easier, Casey. <laughs> okay. Hyena day. Okay, that one is probably the art wolf. That is it. Okay. Iguanity. There's one. A marine iguana? Yes, it is. Yes, I love families. <laughs> Aeneidae. No, pass. <laughs> Don't remember. Manity. I'm going to guess that that's the dugong? That is not it. Manity. What would that be? I have no idea. I'm going to spend a name and animal. Okay, but you did say they're mostly from Carnivorous Clamata. And who is the one? Artiodactyl. These guys. These guys. <laughs> now I'm doing it. <laughs> manady, manady. Maybe it's like a, a, a green anaconda? No. Okay. I'm just going to pass. I don't think I'm going to get okay. that ever. Mustelidae. There's okay. three. Giant river otter? That is one. I want to say the wolverine. That is also one. And probably, we totally forgot about them, the European mink. That is it. Yay. Fosonity. Oh, no. There's one. I'm going to pass. I'm never going to remember what that is. Procyonity. There's three. Okay. We definitely did talk about these for sure. Remember that name? Yeah. Five minutes, by the way. Oh, God. And we're at P's already? Yeah. I can't keep passing? <laughs> oh, jeez. Prosonity, prosonity. Including oh. this one, there's four families left. Oh, no. Oh, no, I've been passing. I don't get to pass anymore. A tapir? No. Um, Prosonity. I don't know who that's going to be. Procyonity. Saying it right doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Um... Um, oh God, what did I even just say? A tapir? Okay, mm -hmm. it wasn't a tapir. I don't know. I'm going to say, a, I'm going to go with something totally random and say a, the spectacled tarsier. That is not it. Okay, cool. Great. We'll just stick in that general area and say a tiger cool. No. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Next one is Ursidy. There's one. Okay, that's a bear. That's going to be the sloth bear. That is it. Heck yeah. By parody. Okay. I'm going to guess. I feel like that's going to be the European adder. That is it. Okay. The last one is by Verity. There's one. Oh, no. I feel like that's a snake. How many snakes have we done aside from the green anaconda, which I don't want to admit exists because it's in the water. <laughs> and we did the European adder. I don't think we've done that many snakes. We haven't. Not as animals of the week i'm gonna say a green anaconda that is not it i don't even know if it's a snake <laughs> um have we are those all the snakes we've done as animals of the week you got one then you mean there's one left we haven't done very many snakes no we haven't not as animals of the week at least nope um, what is its name again? Viverity. Oh, Viverity. It seems to me like that should be a snake, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that it is. 
Um, I'm just gonna say something weird and say it's your Tahillion Hills sent nope. What what is that thing? Tahitian Sicilian, yes. Taita Hill Sicilian. There we go. And no. So wrong. So off. <laughs> Do I get to go back to the ones I passed? I'll let you. Okay, cool. Back to the top. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. So I thought much. there were going to be so many more than that. Okay. Anguity. Oh, no. Anguity? There's only one of these, right? That is correct. Oh, lordy. Um, I'm just going to keep saying things. The green anaconda. I'm going to try to put it in somewhere. <laughs> that is not it. Okay. Um, Anguity. Anguity. What would be anguity? We haven't done that many lizards either. No. We're not very big on the snakes and lizards as our animals of the week. Mm -hmm. um, I believe we've only done seven. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Anguity, anguity, anguity. Okay. Let's go in a different direction. Let's do different animals. Let's do... But you're saying they're not probably birdies. I don't know why I said birdies. Yeah, there's no birds in here. Okay. That does help, at least. Yeah, these are all mammals. Um, a kinkajou. No. Okay, great. I just I named an animal. Uh, ringtail. <laughs> just kind like, no. name mammals. Okay, the next one. <laughs> okay, great. Antilocapridae. A kinkajou. No. Kawadi. No. Just name it. <laughs> well, those two are related. <laughs> okay, great. Um, a uh, what do we do in Europe ever? <laughs> um, nope, not a bird. Uh, we just did Europe, and I can't remember yeah. European things. I don't know, man. Um, uh, dugong. No. Okay. Boadi. Yeah, 50 <sighs> seconds left. Oh, no. Boa D. Is that a dugong? No. Okay. <laughs> You're just like, no, it's not. <laughs> Completely wrong, lady. Um, what else do we have that we're like these guys? Um, <laughs> we did the Saola. We did, I'm not naming these. I'm just going okay. ahead. Saola, Kirk, Sick, Dick. And then we did the pronghorn was not that because I think I guessed mm -hmm. it for that. And then... Um, Nope, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And I have like one second left, right? You have twenty seconds. Let's just say the green anaconda. <laughs> that is it. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes sense because it's a boa. Yep, it's a boa. Oh Jesus. Okay. Anyway. Cordility. I thought. I, oh, I have seconds left. Oh, jeez. Five seconds. Cordility. Kinkajou. No. I'm telling out Quaddy. No. Uh, okay. Dance it. Dance it. Okay, let's see the tally. How many were possible, by the 30. way? 30. Okay. I feel like not horrible. No, you did pretty good. I mean, definitely knowing that it was not birds, though, or fish was a big difference. <laughs> or I guess I shouldn't have been guessing amphibians and stuff. Go Notice on. that I also say your whatever sicilian thing i know because i'm like obviously because i that. remember when i picked that one yeah you did yeah you said no <laughs> no we're not doing this horrendous disgusting thing i don't remember it being that dramatic but the general feeling was accurate you got 19 okay what percentage I mean, is that's that? still a fail but it's not a, a outright f it's probably like maybe a d it's probably a d 63%. Mm -hmm. I can kind of math. Yep. Okay. 
So let's go over all the correct answers because okay. there's not nearly as many as like last time. Thank God. Thank God. So Agamidi is the frilled lizard. You got that right. Okay. Anguidi is the legless lizard. Oh, okay. Antilo Capridi is the pronghorn. Okay. Boidi, that's the boas, green anaconda. Bovidi, that is the dick dick and the saula. Okay. Kennedy, you got those. Maine wolf, dole, and bush dog. Mm-hmm. Cordility, that is the armadillo-girdled lizard. Oh, mm -hmm. those were other reptiles. Yep. <laughs> that one and the Sheltabusik. Okay. Delphinity, they are dolphins, the longfin pilot whale, and the Atlantic spotted dolphin. Euplarity, I would have been impressed if you got this one. It's the Fusa. No. <laughs> I kind of forgot we even did a Fusa, <laughs> obviously. Felidy. Black-footed cat. I can't believe we have not done another cat. I know, because we don't want to be basic. <laughs> I guess. I guess a lot of the cats are basic, but they're not all basic. Anyway, yeah. continuing on. Sorry. Helodermatidae, the Gila monster. Hippopotamidae, that's the pygmy hippo. Hyenidae, that is the ard wolf. Iguanidae, that is the marine iguana. Aeneidae is the river dolphin. Oh, okay. Manidae is the giant pangolin. Oh, Maselli, that is the weasel family. That's the wolverine, European mink, and giant river otter. Fosonidae, that is the vaquita. Because oh, nope. it is a porpoise, not a dolphin. Not have gotten that. Procyonidae, that is the raccoon family. That is the kawadi, kinkajou, mm -hmm. and ringtail. So when I kept guessing them all together, they were just in the <laughs> yeah. wrong family. Cool, great. <laughs> Ursidae, you got it. That was a sloth bear. Viparidae, that was the common European adder. And the last one, the favorite animal I work with, is the bentrong from the family Viverity. Oh, I do love them. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool. By the way, I can confirm they smell like popcorn. They do? <laughs> yes. It's funny, though. When I go into the adult's enclosure, I can smell it. Not when I go in with the babies. I would also don't know why we still call them the babies, because they're like six years old now. That's not a baby. Nope. No, in no term is that a baby. Nope. Anyway, okay, well, that was, I mean, I honestly feel pretty good about yeah. myself. How many did you think? How many did you think I was gonna get? I was thinking maybe ten. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Got lucky with some of them. Yeah, <laughs> but that tells me that I do know my families more though. Yes, because you like do. Ursus, I definitely knew. I'm like, I'm a hundred percent sure on this one. Oh gosh, okay, yeah. which I did not know before. Like bovine, because I associate that with cows. Yeah, is something I would expect expect from before, but Ursus not so much. Mm -hmm. Ursic Arctis, is that your polar bear? No, Ursus Arctos is the brown bear. Oh, okay. uh, Ursus Maritimius oh, that's yours. is the that's polar yours. bear. Okay, okay, okay. The maritime bear. The maritime bear. <laughs> because it's night maritime. <laughs> if you run into them in the wild, because you're going to die. Okay, anyway. And in Dutch, it's ice bear. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. Not so much ice bear <laughs> with global warming. Yep. Anyway. All right, well, that is going to bring us to the end of episode 102. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts podcast when we venture into Africa. Africa.